Yeah, let's get started. So, good morning, everyone. We are, as people shuffle in, they'll find their places. So, we are on Yudches Amar Aleph. We discussed yesterday, we started talking about the new mission of the third parak, and we started to discuss the different halachas about an onain. Again, an onain is someone who, unfortunately, lost one of the seven relatives, and it's before burial, and he has the status of an onain, that's before Avelos. And dur- as, during this period of Aninos, while he's in onain, he is exempt from mitzvahs. And we discussed yesterday uh, different reasons why someone who is in onain is exempt from mitzvahs, whether according to Rashi, it is because, oh, by the way, before I forget, this year today should be for Ilu Neshama, for Chama Selah Bas, Rav Asher, Shama Shnev Neliyah, continues to be a male Yosher for all of us. So, um, so, Rashi said, because Osek Mitzvah, Potter Mena Mitzvah. If someone's involved in Mitzvah A, you do not have to go ahead and perform Mitzvah B. We'll see that in a second, how this ties in uh, to uh, Shmira watching the, uh, the mace. And Tosos, according to Yerushalmi, gave two reasons. Either one, because it's covered a mace. When the, the mace uh, before Kavura, it commands or demands our respect. Uh, and number three, the possibility is because we have to be involved in the Sarche mace and uh, arranging the funeral. And possibly a fourth reason in the Rambam says that uh, you're not able to have the proper kavana when you say, when you daven or say Kriyashma, therefore when you wear tefillin, therefore you're exempt from those mitzvahs. We saw an interesting thing yesterday that even though you're uh, exempt from those mitzvahs on during the Yimeachol, during the weekdays, on Shabbos one is not. On Shabbos you have to do all those mitzvahs, and it says, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel said, Since you chayv in this mitzvahs, you chayv in all the mitzvahs. And he said, what's the, Rabbi Yochan said, what's the difference? What's he coming to add? He said, Tash Mishamita, marital relations. So during Shabbos, you can have Tash Mishamita if you're an Onain. It's interesting that there are actually three different opinions as to when Avela starts. When does the period of mourning start versus Aninos? Again, Aninos generally is understood as the time after death before burial. So there are three shitos. One is the Rambam. The Rambam holds that Avelos, the period of mourning, where you have to rend your shirt and you have to go ahead and not wear leather and not shower, not shave, and no relation, so on and so forth, starts after burial. So the first part is what we call an onain. Let's just give it a 24-hour period. And after that is mourning, is the Avelos. The Ramban, Nachmanides, the Ramban, says actually it starts... From the second you have the death, starts Avelos. All the Nihuge Avelos, all the Halachos applied to mourning, start right after the death, even before the burial. And the third opinion is Tosfos, and therefore, by the way, you cannot have Tashmish, you cannot have relations even after, once the death occurs, even before the burial. The Rambam says, since mourning doesn't start till after the burial, during that 24-hour period, let's say before the burial, after the death, before the burial, one would be able to have marital relations. According to the Ramban, one were not. And Tosfo says, um, actually, like the Rambam, that mourning doesn't start till after the burial. The only difference is that during the period of Aninos, no, no um, Isurim apply, none of the uh, uh, customs, I mean, Nihuge Avelos, apply during Aninos, during that period of 24 hours, except one cannot engage in Tashmish. So three possibilities, whether Aninos starts, uh, whether Avelos starts with the burial or with the death. Now, the Gemara, we, we left off, uh, the last line we discussed yesterday was we said that anyone who has the obligation or it's incumbent upon him to arrange for the funeral, it says if the mace is next to him and therefore he's exempt from all those mitzvahs. We now pick up in the Gemara, we are um, about 
10 lines down in the narrow lines on Yud Chesam and Aleph. So in the narrow column, 2, 4, 6, 8, 9 lines up, Meso, Umishamro. So the Gemara there says, um, it says, uh, actually, uh, sorry, a little further up, Meso, uh, three lines higher. So it says, Meso in of Amishamro, low. The first one line is dummy, um, towards the middle of that, of that column. So the Gemara says, from the Gemara, it implies that if it's your karov, meso, meaning it's one of your seven karov, and we said a spouse, a parent, a child, or a sibling, that's when you're allowed, that's when you are exempt from doing mitzvahs. When the person, after the person relative passed, but before he's buried in, that's when we say that you have all those exemptions from the mitzvahs. Aval, mishamro, but if you are actively watching him, you know we do shmira. For the, well, the after he had, undergoes a tyra, we have a um, the leader of the Chaver Kaddish here, Steve. Um, they'll, he'll tell you that after we go ahead and we do the tahara, we still have to have shmira. You have to have someone watching the the niftar until he is until Levi, until he's actually buried. So, and the thought is that we protect him so that the mice don't come um, and start to nibble. Um, so, the, the implication is specifically if you're involved in the if you're the mace was died and you have to do the obligations or you have covenant mace. But if you're just watching him, if it's not one of your relatives, you're just doing a chesed, you're a member of the Hever Kedisha community and you're simply watching, you're doing shmira for the body, then lo, you're not putter. The implication is specifically if he's next to you, if it's one of your relatives, but if you're not a relative and you're simply doing shmira, the implication is that you're not putter from the mitzvahs. You're not exempt. Gemara says, but there's a problem with this. Vatanya, we learned in a bright Shamas, it may someone who's doing shmira. Uh, before the burial, Afa Pisha Meso, even though it's not one of your seven relatives that you're obligated to um, to, to um, uh, practice mourning for. Potter Torah. We see that if you're doing Shmirah, you are exempt from all of these mitzvahs that we mentioned by owning. You potter from Kriyat Shema, you're exempt from Davna, you're exempt from Tfilin, and all the mitzvahs. So the implication from our Gemara that we did yesterday was specifically if it's only one of your Zion Krovim, only if it's one of your seven relatives, meaning if it's not one of your seven relatives, but you're doing Shmirah, you would have to do the mitzvahs. But we see here clearly the opposite. There's a Bryson that says, one who's doing Shmirah, presumably he's not one of your seven, the Niftar or the Nifteris is not one of your Zion Krovim, you're still Potter from the mitzvahs. So Gemara says, yeah, you're right. There, what it meant to say is as follows. Mishamro afa meso. If you're doing shmira, even if it's not your relative, or the other possibility to, to be exempt from this mitzvah is meso afa pishena mishamro, or it's a relative, even if you're not doing shmira. So either or, either you're doing shmira, you're exempt from the mitzvahs, even if it's not your relative, or if it is your relative, you're certainly exempt from the mitzvahs until the person is buried. If you recall, back way back when we discussed multiple times. The, the concept of osik mitzvah, patram in a mitzvah, and we gave the, we discussed it yesterday because of this, Rashi says that someone who was involved, uh, who lost a relative, is osik mitzvah and taking care of the mace, therefore he's exempt from mitzvahs. This Gemara, anyone, no one jumped up. When you're doing shmira, when you're watching a body and you're exempt from mitzvahs, isn't that, it's an unbelievable chiddush. All you're doing is sitting there. You're not actively involved. You're not actually hammering a mezuzah into a into a wall. Then you know, you know, even it's passive. May even know the person. Oh, so what, even if you don't know the person, it's still a mitzvah, right? You don't necessarily have. You don't know necessarily a person. Uh, you're being malabe for a mace. You can do chesed for someone you don't know. You give tzedakah anonymously. You can still. So why is but, it considered passive, though? Oh, so that's the question. So is it is it like wearing tzitzis, or is it actively, which is just passive, right. or is it like hammering? 
So it happens to be there's a machlokas we discussed in the past, Tosfos and the Ron. What does it mean, Osik be mitzvah, Patrim mitzvah? Would anyone actually say that if you're actually just wearing tzitzis, you don't do any other mitzvahs? I'm involved in a mitzvah. I'm wearing tzitzis all day long. So am I now, does that exemption of Osik be mitzvah, one who is involved in a mitzvah, is exempt from mitzvah B? I'm wearing tzitzis. Obviously, we're Isim also. I'm seeing them. I'm wearing them. I'm doing a mitzvah right now. Does that mean I'm exempt? I have carte blanche exemption all day long from any other mitzvah. So the answer is no. Tosfo says that only time this exemption occurs is if I can't possibly do this mitzvah B. I'm involved in mitzvah A. I can't possibly do mitzvah B. E.F. Shaleasos. I cannot do mitzvah B. If I cannot do mitzvah B, says Tosfos, I am exempt from mitzvah B. The Ran says, no. You have to be osik. You have to be involved in the mitzvah. It's not a passive mitzvah. Even if I could do both. If it's an active involvement, then I have to do mitzvah bia. That does not that does not exempt me. But if I'm not actively, in, if, sorry, but if I'm um, not actively involved, I have to do the second mitzvah. But he learns this is his classic case. You're doing shmira. It's not as active. You would agree as you're sitting there. You can watch for mice and do another mitzvah. It's presumably if you're standing there and you're alive. Right? Why why do mice not eat babies? In, that's that's covered on something else. Governor Mesa is not Osik Mitzvah. Probably saying Telem. But theoretically, you could be doing other mitzvahs while you're by the show. But you are involved. To Steve's point, you are involved. You are doing the mitzvah. It's just not a very, very active mitzvah. But still says the the, the Ron, based on this Gemara, since you're doing Shmira, and it says you're exempt from other mitzvahs, you're not an Onain. It's not one of your Zion Karovim. It's not one of your seven relatives. And you're still exempt from other mitzvahs. This is the source for the Ron. That he says that if you're involved, you're osake, even though it's not very, very active, you're osake with mitzvah, then you're potter for mitzvah too. As opposed to wearing tzitzis, you're not osake, it's a passive mitzvah. You have a piece of clothing on you, so you're exempt from other mitzvahs. How is he osake by, 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 by being a shomer? Because you're, at, you're doing something, you're standing there and watching. So standing there and watching, you, you can be saying to him, you can do... It's not tzitzis, it's not actually putting up a mezuzah, it's a, it's a quasi case. In between. It's not a very active involvement. You're not actively, actively involved, but it's more than just wearing something on you. You can do anything you want. You obviously can't leave the place, so you, to a certain extent you are active in that you're, you're standing patrol. Once you leave the shmir, you're not potter. Exactly. Yeah, correct. It's not, it's not until the burial. Correct. It's why you're doing shmir. Okay. The Gemara continues. And it says as follows. Wait, 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 Hilbert. But, but then would you give your responsibility to be the Shomer to whatever condition at that point? To someone else, correct. Correct. And it transfers. So it transfers. To correct. So to, your, to both of your questions, in Onain, someone who is not because he's um, sh- doing sh- Shmira, it's because his mind is on, the, is on his relative's death. That, you, you don't transfer over. That is with you, that exemption, until the burial. When you're a Shomer, it's not that all 24 hours until the burial you're exempt. It's while you're Osik B'mitzvah. It's not because you're bothered by the loss. It's not a relative, right? It's not that you're, that the, the Rambam says you can't say Kriya Shema because ain't penuya dait, ain't daito penuya. you don't have the proper frame of mind. A Shomer is while he's there, he's, he's doing his job. And when he leaves, then the obligation would, would, would kick in. That's something else. Correct, correct, correct. The Mace Mitzvah is totally different, but yes. Okay, so Gemara continues. Gemara says, Meso umisharma. So then, if you combine Gemara A and Gemara B, the last two brisos, it, it, the implication is, 
If he's a relative, Meso, if he's your relative, one of seven Krovim, Umishamro, or you are watching him in, that's when the Pitur, the exemption from mitzvahs kick in. Someone is walking in a cemetery. Lo, I would say he's not exempt, meaning he still has to go ahead and say Kriyashma if he's walking in a cemetery. The Gemara says, I have a question. We have a Bryce that suggests the following. Someone should not walk through a cemetery while wearing tefillin on his head, v'sefer Torah, b'zro and holding a sefer Torah, and reading, meaning saying Torah, it's a machlokas, in the poskim, whether this is, in the Rambam, whether this is carrying the Torah and reading from it, or carrying the Torah, or saying Torah, meaning, is this one thing, sefer Torah, b'zro, holding a sefer Torah, and reading from it, or is it two separate things, holding a sefer Torah, or learning Torah? So, okay, machlokas, uh, whether it's one or two things, but you can't carry Sefer Torah, you can't learn out loud, and you can't, uh, you can't uh, wear tefillin. Why? Vim osakein, and if you do this, over Mishum, you're violating the Pasuk Mishle, loeg l'rashi maka pauper, cheir faser, you are blaspheming against the Creator, the one who made him, meaning you are mocking Kaddish Baruch Hu by mocking, the, by mocking the, the deceased. And since they cannot go ahead and perform mitzvahs anymore, who are we to go ahead and to to um, in their in their face to go ahead and to announce here we are and to uh, and to uh, we can do it you cannot right to to, to publicly uh, embarrass them so to speak the only to, exception is when to you, flaunt when yeah. you're uh, bearing uh, shameless oh. that's the only exception okay we're gonna I think we're gonna do that next week I think we might discuss that we'll discuss tachrichen in a minute but anyway so you can't flaunt the fact that you're able to do mitzvahs the Gemara says. So isn't that a question? There we see that you're not able to do it in, in the basic verse also. The Gemara says, Hassan, by that case, when you're putter from tefillin by walking in a cemetery, that's only toch arba amas the aser. The only time it's aser to go ahead and to flaunt these mitzvahs, wearing tzitzis, let's say, for example, outside, we'll, we'll see that in the next Gemara, or wearing tefillin or, or holding a Sefer Torah, that's only when you're toch dalit amos, when you're within four amos, which is about eight feet from the kever, from the, from the, from the, from the person, from the deceased, who the but but if you're in a cemetery, let's say you're far away, you're in a cemetery, but you can see the graves, but you're far away from the graves, then the Pator does not, then the Isser does not, excuse me, the Isser does not apply, one wouldn't have to wear tefillin, and the, as the Gemara says in, uh, in Sota, meis tofes, amar meis tofes arba amos what? One would have to wear One would have to wear tefillin. So meis tofes arba, you would not be exempt from tefillin, right? Meis tofes arba amos l'kriyashma, a meis has the Basically, every every grave has a has a uh, imaginary circle around it of eight feet, so that uh, six to eight feet, so that uh, in that space that's considered the you're in the presence of the mace, you would not be allowed to wear tefillin or say kriyashma in that presence. But if you're in the cemetery, but far further away from Dalanamus, you would, as opposed to a mace, a a, 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 a karov. If you lost one of your seven relatives, says the Gemara, it doesn't matter if you're within four amos or not. So by the cemetery, it only applies, the Pator only applies to the Dalaramos. The difference is, but if you're, it says here, Hacha, Chutz but here, over here, by the case of where you lost one of your Zion Krovim, Chutz Labrahamos Nami Pater, the exemption applies even, even outside of Dalaramos. So we saw that if you, one of you lost one of your seven relatives, whether the body is next to you or not next to you, if you're obligated in to take care of the arrangements, it's as if the body's next to you, Pater from Mitzvos. Number two, if you're doing Shmirah, you are Pater for Mitzvahs only while you are actually doing the Shmirah. And number three, if you're in a cemetery, only if you're within Dalaramos of a Kever 
are you exempt? But if you, let's just say you're in the cemetery, you're in the funeral, let's say, you know, when you drive in, usually you have the place where you wash your hands. So you're in a cemetery, but you're 50 amos away from the closest grave. You, it's not loeg larash. You're not embarrassing or, 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 or uh, demeaning. It's not demeaning to wear tefillin or tzitzis or it's not showing off. So that would, would you, the exemption would not apply and you would have to wear it. Okay. Sorry, this four amos is confusing me. Can you, can you wear the tefillin or can you not wear the tefillin? So if you're within, so let's just say this, let's just say this is a, is a, is a grave. Okay. If you're within Dalin Amos, you cannot. If you're in the cemetery, but you're out further away from Dalin Amos, from any kever, from any grave, you can wear the tefillin. Okay? So they said you cannot wear it. Oh, but are saying only, yes, only within, now it's qualifying that statement. It's not a general of the entire cemetery. It's only when you're within, because if you're not within, the Gemara in Sota says, the, the Dalin Amos surrounding a mace is as if it's his domain. his domain. Thank you. His domain. Therefore, you, to go into his domain and mock him by flaunting that you were in tefillin is, is an affront to him. Okay. We're going we're gonna to discuss this a little more in a couple minutes. The Gemara continues. The Gemara says as follows. Gufa hamishamer says, "May someone is doing shmira, afal pisha eno meso, even if it's patum ekriyas shmam and tefillim and tefillim kol mitzvahs and mitzvot We just said, even if it's not your relative, if you're doing shmira, you're exempt from those mitzvahs. What happens if you have two people? Shnaim zemishamer vzekore, zemishamer vzekore. If you have two people, then you're not exempt. Why? Just set up a rotation. Why should one of you miss kriyas shmam tefillim? Set up a rotation. There are two of you. You do an hour. I'll go. I'll go daven." put on tefillin, I'll come back, relieve you, you'll go daven, put on tefillin. If you have two people, then you don't, this doesn't come into play. Ben Azai says, we're going to see Ben Azai and Tavchav Beis with a fantastic piece about the uh, Pururu, but uh, Ben Azai, if you remember, is the one who never got married. Nafshi Chashka Torah, he was so married to his Torah, he never ever got married because he didn't want to take away time from learning. In fact, in Simon Dalid, in, uh, in Ebenezer, it discusses, that uh, if you, uh, you you have a patur of getting married, if uh, if you love the Torah so much like Ben Azai, as long as she'ain Yitzro tok for love, as long as you can control your Yitzhara and you're not going to do anything you shouldn't do, you don't have to get married if you're on that level of Ben Azai. We don't have anyone on the level of Ben Azai, but uh, nonetheless. Anyway, so Ben Azai says as follows. If they were on a boat, Ben Azai says, when you're traveling on a boat, we don't have to worry about mice. What and is, therefore... What is the... Re- no, 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 but what is the reason that, that we need to have a shmira on the... On the it's covered in mace, and you, so no one's left alone. The Gemara says, so that also, Achbarim, we're going to see in a second right here, that mice don't come and... Mice, the Gemara discussed this, uh, it's, a, it's a fact. Usually, and mice will not come and nibble on something that's alive. But when they see that their body's not, not, not moving and not breathing, we don't want them to, it's a bizarre for the mace. So we go ahead and not only that, when we're doing Shmira, we're saying, Davin uh, that the Neshama should have an Aliyah and should... Uh, so then why in, in, in the boat? Oh, so that's what we're going to see right now. There are not Excellent. mice in the boat? Oh, good. So that's, that's the next line of the Gemara. <coughs> so Benazai says, if you're in a boat, you can leave, even if you're one person, you can leave, or if you're two, two people, you can go ahead, both of you can leave the person in the corner, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. It's not, you don't have to set up a rotation. Even if you're one person, you can leave. Even if you're two people, you can both leave. You would think if you're two people, it's very easy. Set up rotation, one and one. He says, no, if you're two people, leave the body there on a boat, and you don't have to go ahead and, and, uh, and worry about it. And the Gemara's in the discuss 
My benayu, what's the difference? What, what's Benazir adding? Amravina, Choshen Achbarim, Ika benayu. Masover Chashinon, or Masover Lechashinon. Exactly, what I all suggest. It's very simple, Matthias, practical uh, halacha. That we don't have to worry about Achbarim on a boat. You don't have to worry about mice are not going to get on a boat. Um, and therefore, if you don't have to worry about them, you can leave the, the mace. You don't have to worry about it. That's going to be, uh, going to be disgraced but by... What about, by... about Kavod Okay, so we're not, you're, you're, you're leaving the mace to do a mitzvah. You're not going out to, uh, it doesn't say to go to a disco so or a party. I can, I can do the same thing in... No, in, if, in, if you're worried about, it's uh, a specific halacha yeah. that in a boat, that we're not worried about the achbarim. What's interesting, by the way, if anyone picked this up, I didn't pick this up until I saw the, one of the mefarshim here. It's interesting to note that if you look in the Gemara, it says, Zemesham v'zekore, it says hayushnayim, if there are two people, in the Gemara we just read, if there are two people doing shmira, Zemeshamer, Vizekore, this one does the sh- watching, and this one goes to Kore. What's Kore referring to? Shema. And comes along Ben and says, if you're in a boat, and you can daven. They said, the first, the, the first opinion said that you have to go ahead and you can switch even to go ahead and to um, to to, dav, to say kriyash from Mitzvah Minat Torah, you can't do it unless there are two. Ben Azai comes and gives his chiddush even for tefillah, which we know is midrabanon, both can leave. See, so you would think that Ben Azai would say for tefillah, he switched it from kore to mispalin. Mispalin tefillah is midrabanon rabbinic, kriyash is Minat Torah. So the first opinion is saying you can, you can only leave if you have two people. You can only leave the mace alone if you have two people. You can do a rotation. If you have one person, you can't leave even for Kriyashma, even for a mitzvah and a Torah. Whereas Ben Azai comes to the opposite extreme. If you have two people, you can both leave even just to Davin, which is Midra Banan. So it's an in- interesting point. It's the first time it's mentioned in Tefillah since the Mishnah. First the Mishnah, so yeah. Uh, you, separate from the other two. Separate from the other two. Correct. You've been mentioned the other two all along. Correct, That's correct. I want to discuss, let's just get to the next piece and discuss very um, quickly. So if someone goes in carrying bones, you're, you're, um, you're interring, uh, let's say, you're, you're to take someone out, transferring bones, you're interring uh, a, a, a mace. You shouldn't put it in a sack and throw it on the back of a donkey and ride on top of the bones. This is a bizayon to the... Uh, to the uh, to the to the bones to the mace and therefore it is not an act that is uh, praiseworthy. If you're worried about the robbers coming and they may take what's the contents in the bag without knowing what's in the bag, then you sorry muta you'd be allowed to go ahead and le- and and put right on the donkey with the bones if you're running away from so it doesn't get stolen. And whatever we said by Atzamos, we all said by Sefer Torah. It's kind of a weird uh, connection. What's, what's the other option? What, what, how would they do it otherwise? Maybe have a separate donkey, right? Two donkeys. Uh-huh. I don't know. With, with a leash, have a second donkey next to you. So it says, Whatever they said to Atzamos, that's what they said to Sefer Torah. Now, obviously, if we have to be, if we have to be careful with, uh, with bones, certainly we have to be careful with a Sefer Torah. So what is the Gemara saying here? So, Ahaya. When this statement, when it says, this is the halacha by Sefer Torah, what is that going on? The first part says you shouldn't ride on it with a donkey, or the second part, if you're being chased by listing, then you can ride on the same donkey. When, it's, when it compares the bones to the Sefer Torah, what's it referring to? And the first part, just so you should never ride on a donkey sitting on top of the bones, 
you should not sit on top of a Sefer Torah, or is it referring to when it said that you are able to ride on the donkey on top of the bones if you're running away from, uh, from, from thieves, that's when compared to a Sefer Torah. So, says, even if you're talking in the first part when it says that you can't ride on a donkey with the bones, Pshita, that's obvious. Migar Sefer Torah, anyone ever have a Havimina that it's less important, a Sefer Torah is less important than bones? No, Re'ela Sefer. must be talking about the Sefer that you can ride even on top of a Sefer Torah or along a Sefer Torah and donkey if you are being followed. Okay, let's start the next, next piece. Anyone who sees a mace going out and does not malav, does not escort him, um, you're over, you violate the same pasuk, you are violating this pasuk in Mishle that you are blaspheming HaKadosh uh, Baruch because you're uh, mocking the dead. And by the way, it means that if if he has someone else to take him all the way to the cemetery, you just have to do Dalaramos. You have to be malav in the mace. The word Leviya, funeral, means to escort. That's what the word is. Leviya isn't to escort. So if he has no one with him, you have to go at least four Amos. If, if he doesn't have anyone, if, if someone's just carrying the mace in a hearse and there's no one there, then you have to go the whole way. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, um, and if you went ahead and you malavim escorted him, maschar, what reward you get? Regarding the person who's malava mace, the pasuk says in... Uh, in Mishlei, that Akash Baruch Hu lends, uh, he lends Hashem, whoever is gracious to the poor, meaning don't read it Malve that he lends, rather Malave. And if you are Malave, the mace, you are you escort the, the, the dead person because he is considered a poor person, he's dead. And therefore, Akash Baruch Hu will repay you, Mechab Duchon and Evyon, and he honors whoever is gracious to the poor, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will honor you back. Quick, before we go, quick quick thing. We always assume that... We, the, well, here you're basically being melava and mace. You're, what is, what's that called? When you perform a chesed for a dead person, we call chesed shel emes. It is the ultimate level of chesed because we know that we're not gonna, he's not going to repay the favor. He's not able to. In fact, this is actually what Rashi says. Rashi says on the, on, on the Pasuk where uh, Yaakov asks his children to go ahead and bury him. In it says, Vayikavu you may throw lomos. Yosef. He asks Yosef. If I found favor in your eyes, put your hand on my thigh, swear to me. Why do we put him on the thigh? Because that's the Makam Amila. When you make a Shavua, today, Lahavdil, we put it on, right? Uh, you promise to tell the truth, not the truth. On the Bible, the mitzvah they had there was the Brismila. So that was called Nikitas Chefetz, like holding a Sefer Torah. They put their legs on, the, uh, on hands on the thigh, and he says, Swear to me, Vasisim Nechesed Remes, I'll not sit for a Mitzrayim. Do not bury Mitzrayim. Rashi says there, Rashi says, when you do a chesed for someone who's dead, it's the ultimate chesed. Why? Because you know you can, you're not scoring brownie points. There's going to be no reciprocity. So the, the Chassam Sofer says as follows. A little bit of a problem. If we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu repays all of us, and we know this is the ultimate chesed, so is it really the chesed shel emes? It's a catch-22. We know that Hashem pays us back. Midah k'negen midah. We know that Kosh Baruch always gives schar if we do chesed. And we're told this is the ultimate chesed because you're doing it for, for true altruistic motives because we know you're not going to get paid back. But if you know it's the chesed shalemes and you know Kosh Baruch is going to pay you extra because you're not going to get repaid back by, the, by this person, so is it really chesed shalemes? Right? Because we know that Kosh Baruch is going to fill the void that you're not going to get back. So the Chassam Sofer says... <clears throat> chesed Shalemes is very different. What, how does he define Chesed Shalemes? He says, when you do a Chesed for someone, what is, the, what is the reward that you get? 
when you give, when you do a chesed for someone, it says the, the chesam sofa, you're giving chizuk to go ahead and perform more mitzvos through your act of kindness, whether it's giving him a loan or giving him a meal or putting him up for a week when he's, when he's th- evicted from his house, whatever it is, through your actions, you're enabling him to do you mechazik him. And you're able to see the outcome. To do mitzvos, and he gets olam haba for that. In other words, his share in olam haba is going to be increased because the chesed that you did enabled him to continue to do mitzvos, whatever the scenario is. If you helped him recover or, or, or rehabilitate faster, if you helped him financially, if you found the shidduch, first, whatever you did, you gave him chizik. Through that, he's doing more mitzvos, and he merits olam haba. Through that, that is your schar. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves when we do mitzvos, and through that, that is your schar, Kosh Baruch is going to pay you because you enable this person through your act of kindness to achieve more mitzvahs, to achieve Olam Haba. That is not possible by someone who already died because he cannot accrue any more mitzvahs. So his share in Olam Haba is already set when the time that he passed. Whatever mitzvahs he had in his piggy bank, that's through that merit, that's what he's going to achieve Olam Haba. He cannot extend or increase his share in Olam Haba because of the chesed that you did. Because unfortunately, it's finality. He's, he passed away, or she passed away already. So that was how he defines Chesed Shalemes. Because the Kodesh Baruch Hu can't repay you the way that he did when you were alive. Kodesh Baruch Hu loves when you cause someone else to do mitzvahs, and through that you increase their share in Olam Haba. That's the ultimate Chesed. Kodesh Baruch Hu is going to pay you back tenfold. But if there's no net result, meaning if the logical progression or the next step is that he can't do any more mitzvahs, because he's already in Shemayim, and he's not going to extend or increase a share in Olam Haba, then your reward by definition is going to be less, because he's not taking it to the next level. He can't. So that's why it's Chesed Shalemes. This time we'll pick up next week. We'll discuss Loeg Larash. Loeg Larash has a lot of halachos. We discussed today a little bit about wearing tzitzis in, in the... Are you allowed to wear tzitzis and cover your tzitzis in a cemetery? Can you wear tzitzis in a cemetery? It all falls under Loeg Larash. It was a short day today. We'll pick up next week. Mr. Shem, have a great day.